Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 59 of Lime Ninja Radio. I am your host, McKay Rippey, and with me in the studio is Aurora. Hello. What were you doing this weekend? Well, I was driving down to Virginia, actually. And why were you uh, driving down to my Virginia? My great aunt Linda and Uncle Glenn are downsizing from their absolutely ginormous house, and uh, they're giving away the just antiques and collectibles that they have amassed over, you know, how 60 years of a good life, I guess. <laughs> And what did you bring back? This is such a setup. It's so it's so cool. Um, I I am now the proud owner of a five foot tall terracotta soldier replica. He weighs about one hundred and twenty pounds, and I spent ten hours, uh, no twenty hour ra- round trip to retrieve him. Yeah, so if you're familiar with the terracotta soldiers from China, and when they unearth these thousands of terracotta figures, this is a replica yeah. that Uncle Glenn had commissioned when he visited them in China. Yes. He's very impressive and a little scary at 6.30 in the morning in the dark in the kitchen. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> He's called General Sao, apparently. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we'll leave that one alone. Yeah. All right, this is episode four of our four-part series on Pilates, yoga, and belly dancing for Lyme. Today, we're going to talk with Jessica Labby about yoga and how it helped her recover from Lyme disease. But first, let's hear from Logan McCulloch and his final update on his Trek for Truth. Hi, McKay. It's Logan from the Trek for Truth calling in with my final update. It's Saturday, October 3rd. And uh, in just a couple of hours, I will be rolling my bike wheels into the Pacific Ocean at Pacifica, California. Excuse me. I reached the Golden Gate Bridge yesterday and um, wrapped up this part of the part of the adventure. And today is really a celebration to uh, knit the two oceans together and uh, go. Uh, a group of Lime Warrior friends coming out to help celebrate with me and a lot of others that will be there in spirit and some other local supporters. Um, I really want to thank you and all your listeners for following along. Uh, it wound up being right at 3,000 miles of cycling and uh, 1,106 miles of walking. And I'll fly home on Monday, October 5th. And actually, I still have one little segment near my hometown of Louisville, Kentucky, to uh, tie the two ends together. Um, so this coming Saturday, October 10th, with some local friends, I'm going to be uh, riding my my lightweight bicycle instead of this big behemoth I've been hauling up and down mountains for uh, about 50 miles from a little town in Indiana called Chelsea, where I left off the walking portion of the trek. And I'm going to ride it back to the uh, pedestrian bridge that goes across the Ohio River from southern Indiana to Louisville. That's where I left from for the cycling portion. And after that, Louisville have traveled a little over 4,150 miles on the Trek for Truth. So, again, thank you. And I hope folks will continue to visit the website. We're going to continue this work of trying to spread empowering information on our website, Trek for fortruth.org 
And uh, my buddy Drew and I, who's helped me with this adventure, are going to be starting an Internet talk show and kind of join people like you, McKay, in uh, cyberspace, spreading information that's, uh, that's valuable to people. So um, be it Animo, strength and courage, heart and soul. And that's it for this section of the Trek for Truth. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, I hope he's able to have a good long rest after this because he definitely deserves it. He does, and he deserves the victory lap back home in Kentucky. Yep. <laughs> All right. And we will get information about his new radio show, podcast. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but we'll get details about that out to you once we find out. And now, here's our interview with Jessica Labby. Aurora, will you tell us some about Jessica? Yeah, sure. Jessica Labby worked in radio for 15 years, but the constant stress she was under was ruining her health and well-being. She started practicing yoga to cope and eventually retired from radio to concentrate on her health. When she moved from Vermont back to New Hampshire, she enrolled in a yoga teacher training program with Yoga New Hampshire. She is also certified to teach child light yoga, yin yoga, and yoga therapy. She has a yoga studio in Manchester, New Hampshire called Jekka Yoga, where she and six other yogis offer classes that help achieve gentle restoration through yoga movement. All right. Thanks, Rora. And here's Jessica's story about how she used yoga to help heal from Lyme. How are you? I'm very, very well. I just got back from, I did a home visit. I have this poor little cancer patient who I go and see every Friday morning. So I get to visit with her and I do a lot of moxa on her. Are you familiar with moxa? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's um, acupuncture has actually saved me <laughs> from a lot. Really? So oh, what, yeah. what's your, what have you used acupuncture for? Um, well, I initially was trying to conceive and so I was using acupuncture to help balance out my hormones. And in the midst of all that, that's when I discovered that I had Lyme. Oh, no. So, so I um, started using acupuncture um, as a way to help build up my energy and my immune system so that I could function while I was going through everything that I was going through. Very cool. So yeah. when... When did you first get interested in yoga? Oh, gosh. I was working in commercial radio at the time. I was on the air. So there was a lot going on. I would get phone calls at 3 o'clock in the morning saying, oh, we need you to come in and do the morning show. (laughs) So it got to the point where I would be, like, not able to relax ever because I didn't know if I was going to get called in you know, in the middle of the night to go somewhere. So I just started to feel really stressed out all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to the doctor a lot, and they would say, Jessica, you know, your blood work's okay. Maybe you should go see a naturopath. So okay. I did, and she said, you need yoga. So <laughs> it took me a year to walk into a yoga studio, and when I finally did, um, it was after the first class, I thought, I need to share this with people. It's amazing. I couldn't believe how I felt. And what happened was I would go to yoga and I would feel in such a way that I had never felt before. And then I would go back to work and I would feel stressed. So I started to recognize these polarities. Yes. And within a year of that, I retired from radio. 
Wow. And, yeah, I, I firmly believe that it was the yoga that brought me to that place um, where I felt like I had the confidence and the self-awareness to do what was right for me. And so did you transition right into teaching yoga or, I mean, right now you're... No, no. Because <laughs> you own a studio now. I do, I do in, in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, so what happened was I decided to take some time off because I had been working in radio for so long. That was my childhood dream. So I had never imagined what I would do. I just knew that I was coming to a place in my life where I felt like I wanted to help people, but I didn't know at the time how or why or what. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, um, I took some time off. I, I went back to school. I took some nutrition classes. I started doing lots and lots of yoga. I bought a camera. I started taking photos and just wandering around Burlington, Vermont, where I lived, and just starting to appreciate the beauty of where I lived. And several months later, I thought, maybe I should start looking for some work. <laughs> and I wasn't going <laughs> to... You know, the money was starting to run low. Yeah. I, um, so I, um, I ended up seeing an ad in the paper that was very cryptic, um, but the word wellness was in it. And so I was intrigued by that, and it ended up being at a chiropractic office. Okay. So I was interviewed um, for a chiropractic assistant position um, and some part-time marketing, and there were... It was a, a group interview of a bunch of people, um, most of whom had way more experience than, than I did. Oh, no and, way. So, so you're in a room with other people applying for the same job? Oh, yeah. Oh, my it God. Was a, it was a very interesting interview process. That's terrifying. <laughs> it was like an audition. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up going through three interviews and ended up getting the position, which went from part-time to full-time. And I got to learn so much about the nervous system, Mm -hmm. which was basically what I was trying to heal in the first place. Yeah. Um, And that's what yoga was doing for me. It was helping to calm my nervous system. Yeah. And yeah. So during that time, um, the the type of yoga that I was really, really enjoying and appreciating was called restorative yoga. Mm -hmm. And some of my clients, we would, we would talk about it and, some of some of the clients at the chiropractic office would ask me to teach them. Oh, cool! And at that time, I wasn't a, I wasn't a certified yoga teacher at that time. I was mm-hmm. doing spinal exams to help out the the chiropractor, and so it started there with me just showing them how they can relax at home. And um, at some point, I met a guy who lived where in New Hampshire, where I grew up. So I ended up moving to New Hampshire, back to New Hampshire. Okay, so he was more than just a guy then. Kind of, sort of. I think he was a vehicle for <laughs> another phase of my life, and, and that guy no longer in the picture. It was a very short-lived thing. I think there was something higher than him that drew me back to New Hampshire because I said I was I'm never going to move back to New Hampshire. Right. I wanted to kind of explore the world. And, um, and Burlington's so, so New cool. Hampshire and Burlington, Vermont is where I was living for two years. Yeah, and that's such a cool place to live. 
oh, the most beautiful place I've ever lived. Yeah. It's gorgeous. So I come back to, to New Hampshire, and I'm living in the city where I can't really walk everywhere, and mm-hmm. I don't have a lake and mountains to look at. So there was an adjustment period, even though I grew up here. But I, um, I ended up working for my mom's chiropractor. It was mm-hmm. sort of like everything fell into place. I knew I needed to come back here. Um, because I got this job sight unseen and I started to take x-rays for the chiropractor doing more spinal exams and at that time shortly after I met my husband and um, yeah I ended up going through yoga teacher training and teaching all over New Hampshire and then it was sort of serendipitous how the studio came about because we were actually thinking about moving to Arizona and this, my dream space became available, fell into my lap and two and a half years ago. And so now I have the space where I can um, provide people the opportunity to relax and learn how to adapt to stress in their environment in a way that's not going to affect their health in a negative way that it might if they don't have those tools. Yeah, that's fabulous. I was stalking your face, uh, not your Facebook, your website, and it is a beautiful building. It is. It is. I, I've always been drawn to the old mill buildings. I think they're um, the history and everything. There's something about it. And when people walk in, they feel that. There's, there's almost like there's an energy there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure it helped that before I moved into the space, there was a wellness center there for 10 years. Oh, cool. So there's definitely some, some good energy in that space. They help smudge away all the bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you also mentioned in this article that you wrote that during one of your teacher trainings, it was kicking your butt, let's say, in a way that just wasn't normal. It's like you were coming, you were exhausted and sweating and... And that kind of led yeah. you at some point for this Lyme diagnosis. So tell, tell me how that all came about. Okay. So when I signed up for the teacher training, it was a style of yoga that I had never experienced. And I've tried a lot of different styles. Mm-hmm. And I did have a very active practice. I was always a very active person. And so I thought, you know, I'll be fine. I've been practicing yoga for quite a few years. And I found that as I got into the training deeper and deeper, my body was not responding in a positive way. Hmm. And I, I know that yoga is supposed to make you feel good. Right. So I couldn't understand why I was feeling so bad. And I thought I was going to have to quit. So I talked to my teacher and we agreed that I would, you know, if I needed to observe rather than practice, then I could do that. And... So I, I did get through the teacher training, but it was, I think it was after, it was right after that, that I ended up getting a diagnosis. And then who diagnosed And I was trying. Who diagnosed you? Excuse me you know for what? interrupting. It, it was my, it was my um, primary care physician. Oh, and what cool. happened was I had gone to a fertility doctor in Massachusetts and he was a, he was alternative but not holistic Mm -hmm. and he was doing all of this blood work 
And basically, he said to me, Jessica, if you don't do something, you're going to get cancer. Oh, my God. Look at this blood work. Your body's attacking itself. And he was trying to tell me I needed surgery or to take a medication. And I really, my body doesn't respond well to those things. Right. And I knew my body wasn't strong enough to have surgery. So I went, I brought this information back to my, to my primary care physician, who is fairly new to me. And I said, look, what's going on? Why is he telling me this? And so he said, you know what? I'm going to run some tests. And while I was waiting for those, those tests, it was, it was an interesting few days. My boss at the time and one of my chiropractors, um, he was adjusting me and found that like my neck wasn't responding well. Mm-hmm. And I've never had an like a serious injury or anything like that. So we couldn't figure out why my neck wasn't responding to the adjustments anymore. And he said, well, maybe you have Lyme. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I got really mad at him for saying that. And then I went for some cranial sacral work mm-hmm. um, a couple days later. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, without even me prompting any conversation, he started talking about one of his clients who has Lyme and handed me this big packet to give to my doctor. Yeah about how to diagnose Lyme. No kidding. And I thought, okay, this is weird. Yeah. So I kind of forgot about that. And then that Monday, I got a phone call from my doctor saying, your CD57 is low. We want to do another test. This means you might have Lyme. So, so I, I got another test, and there was a marker for... It wasn't CDC positive, but there was a marker specific for... Lyme. One so, of the, right, one of the um, bands. That, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did, he wanted me to take antibiotics for six months. I got through just under a month. I don't know how I got through life in that time, but when I came back dragging myself to him, he, he took my blood work and he said, Jessica, you need to get off those antibiotics right now. He said, your white blood cell count is way too low. Yeah. So um, after that, I, I stayed in bed for like a week dosed myself with omega-3s, then I felt amazing, better than I had in, since I was 18. And really? that lasted a month. Huh. <laughs> and then I, I started to explore some herbal treatments, and um, nothing was really sticking, so I started to do some research on dietary changes, which is something I've been doing for years. Yeah. Um, and then I decided to, to go raw vegan and see, you know, I hadn't tried that yet, so why not? And my energy was through the roof. And it was amazing. Like, I couldn't believe I felt so great. And then my husband and I went on a trip to Arizona. And I got bit by a tick again. Oh, no. So, so the second time around, um, you know, I, I finally felt like I was in a place where I just felt great. And um, I took, thankfully, I took a picture. I never saw the tick but I did have a bull's eye rash. Yeah. And I took a picture of it, which I'm thankful I did because a few hours later it was gone. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I noticed it was because I had a blister that was bleeding that next morning from the morning after a hike. And um, I was scratching it and I, I saw blood and I looked and I saw the bull's eye rash. So thankfully I, you know, I went home, went back on antibiotics again, didn't even last a month. And so what I the, started having new symptoms. Yeah. What do the antibiotics do to you? Do you just, do they wreck your gut and you just feel terrible or what, what are your symptoms well, of the antibiotics? 
the first the first round of antibiotics I had for the the first the treatment was um, first of all I was dizzy all the time. I was hmm. taking minocycline, okay. and I, I should have been in bed, but I'm not that kind of person. I, I try to push through things and <laughs> try to maintain some sense of normalcy. Yeah, and and I just felt like. I was literally dragging my body everywhere. Right. And I just had no energy. Mm, okay. And so that was the first time. The second time around, I started having, I was fine. I was able to run. I was able to function and feel good. But halfway through the treatment of the second time, I started having sweats yeah. and um, hot flashes. Yep. And that's when he thought, well, maybe you have Babesia. We could test you. And I'm like, no, I don't want medication. No, so I went the herbal route for okay. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could have, but that's, that sounds like a reaction to the antibiotics again. In Chinese medicine, you're just getting yeah, worn down it, and exhausted. So It could have been. I, I just, I got, I've gotten to a point in my life where, mm-hmm. you know, the last time I had blood work, I had 24 vials of blood drawn for me. And I thought, you know, I just want to live. <laughs> 24? I just want to feel good. Yeah. Um, so I I think my philosophy nowadays is to keep my immune system as strong as I can so that I can cohabitate with whatever microorganisms happen to me in my body. Yeah. And just live fully. And so obviously... Um, rather than the mind... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, you're, you're living fully if you're running a, a yoga studio. And I know a little bit ambitious. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. And so, and I love the idea of the cohabitation because really, we're, we, that's what it's you have to do. And it's can can we get along and and make it all work for everybody? I know that sounds so hippie and airy fairy, but it really is kind of what what needs to happen because we may or may not be able to eradicate them completely. Right now, do you have relapses or? You know, is there any signs that it's like hanging around and does it get the upper hand from time to time? Or are you pretty much cruising along at this point? Um, I believe that I, I do have episodes of times where I need a break mm-hmm. from from the world to just rest. And I notice there are triggers with that. And one might be stress. Mm-hmm. One might be... Um, do planning too much in a short period of time. Um, so if I find myself if I find myself overbooking myself, I might crash. Or if I eat something um, that I know that I shouldn't eat because I have a bad reaction to it, foods I used to be able to eat freely, I, I can't eat anymore. Um, I could but I will react and I might crash. So it's, it's sort of a a random thing. Like I could eat something and be fine. And then the next week eat the same thing and and not be fine. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But I just, I really, what I've done to help myself is I've had to reevaluate how I live and my schedule. So if I was still getting up at five 30 in the morning and coming home at eight o'clock at night, wow. That's I don't a long day. think that I could live the way that I live. I don't think that I could feel the way that I feel. Right. So one of my goals was to be able to not set an alarm and to wake up when I want to wake up. 
so that my body is fully rested and that I can feel good throughout the day. Yeah. Um, another, another thing that I've done to change my life is, you know, again, not planning as much in a day. You know, accepting that maybe I can't do all the things that I used to be able to do in a day, but choose one or two things that I need to get done mm-hmm. and then not get upset with myself for putting 10 things on my to-do list and not getting any of them done. So, so you, really honoring where I'm at. Yeah. You used to be superwoman, right? And now you're kind of normal. <laughs> <laughs> Or do you, or, or do people I, I still, know. or do people still say, you know, Jessica, you still, you go like crazy. I don't know how you do it. I, I don't think I go like crazy at all. Yeah. But what do other, um, what do other think, people say? I think, I don't <laughs> think people even know that there's anything wrong a lot of times. Yeah. I don't, it's not something I necessarily talk about. No, but I don't. I don't mean in um, terms of that they see something wrong with you, but that people are, are admiring of you. It's like, wow, she gets so much done. Because we often we have these ambitions for ourselves that are ridiculous. You know, we have these incredibly high standards, and for a period of time, we can do this superhuman kind of to do list stuff, and then it all comes crashing down. And then you know, sometimes it seems Lyme. That's one of the lessons it's trying to teach us. Is that okay? You know, there just yeah. does need to be some pace. There does need some to be some restoration as well as go, go, go. So I'm just trying to yeah. see if, if I'm just trying to get a sense from your community as, as how they view you. And I think you're being very modest. I have no idea. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's a I, good um, thing too. What, what, I, what I do is I tend to not make a whole lot of plans. Uh-huh. Um, just because, you know, I don't like to cancel them. Yeah. And, and anybody yeah. that has Lyme knows what yeah. that's all about. Um, but I, I do, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know okay. what, what people think. That's all right. Um, so let's move on to yoga and okay. how, how did you, so for a while there, you th- were thinking you couldn't do yoga anymore. And then you kind of fell in love with these restorative yin, gentle flow type yoga. And how did you use that to heal yourself? And how can people, cause moving is so important to get the lymph node going and detoxifying. And last night I just did an interview with a belly dancer which is, is a great interview. And she was talking about somatic release and, you know, releasing yeah. traumas and stress from the body and stuff like that. So, you know, we get sick, we get tied down to our beds, we're exhausted, we don't feel good, and our lives shut down and get closer and cl- closer and closer in on us. So what, and I saw also you have some online courses with such a cool idea. So what can, how, you know, doing a yoga class, you see some of these poses and somebody's, who's with Lyme saying, there's no way that I can even hold a pose for, you know, 10 seconds. I'm not strong enough. I don't feel good enough. What, what can they do? Well, the great thing about, um, some of the more gentler practices, um, especially restorative or yin is that you don't need to move. You could practice from your bed. You're in this, like restorative, for example, you're supported in these poses. Um, you might 
lie on a pillow and then bring your knees apart and the bottoms of your feet together into a reclined butterfly and place pillows under your legs and just lie there and breathe. You're getting, you're relaxing your muscles, you're getting a passive stretch and you're allowing blood flow into that area, um, you know, into the hips, you're allowing fresh oxygen, just awareness of the breath is going to help to bring energy there and help to bring more oxygen into your body um, and help to calm the inflammation that might be going on. So, and, and inflammation is, you know, a big part of, you know, what's going on with people that are healing from Lyme. Yeah, or anything. And what I yeah. have found, or, yeah, anything. So, what I found is with a restorative practice, with the awareness of the breath, while you're still in a pose for several minutes, um, you can feel the difference when you're done, and you have this this pocket of time where, ooh, maybe I can get up and do something. Maybe I can get up and take a shower or leave the house because I felt good for that that amount of time after I practiced. So I found it to be a great tool for myself when I had those moments to um, give myself pockets of time where I could be productive. But you don't you don't need to get out of bed to practice yoga. You know, if you can't, you know, or if you're in front of a television. I don't even have a television in my house anymore. But if you were in front of a television or listening to music and you were in child's pose, you know, on the floor, just breathing. There was a study I read a while ago about how five minutes in child's pose is the equivalent of an hour of sleep when it comes to rest for your body. No kidding. I love that. So how powerful is that? It's crazy. Now, for people who don't know what child's pose is, could you describe that? Sure. So in child's pose, you come to sit on your heels um, with your knees in front of you. Your knees can be together or apart with your big toes together. And then you come forward onto the floor. So you're bringing your forehead onto the floor, and if your forehead doesn't reach the floor, then you can place um, a pillow underneath or something to support your head or even your whole body if you wanted to lie on a pillow. And then you can either, you know, hug your pillow or if you don't have a pillow underneath, you can reach your arms overhead and rest them there or you could rest your arms at your side. It's a nice stretch for the low back, too. It's funny. I can hear your voice uh, changing and on your phone, and I can imagine you like, demonstrating the, the pose. Yeah. <laughs> a true yoga teacher. <laughs> they can't just talk about it. They have to do it. <laughs> yes, yes. That's so cool. Well, that's yeah. So that's that was going to be one of my questions, but you've already answered it. It's like, how, how can being so still help? I mean, don't we have to, you know, lift the weight or run around or do something to get stronger and, and get everything going? Not really. Uh, less is a lot of times more. I mean, if you think about how we are as a society, always trying to get things done and moving and pushing ourselves and burning the candle at both ends. Um, imagine if you gave yourself time and space, even just a few minutes each day to be still and breathe. It's like plugging in. It's like recharging your phone. How can you run on, you know, one bar or, you know, 
your phone is about to die. How can you run all day on that? You need to recharge on a regular basis. And gentler practices such as restorative or yin are going to give you that opportunity to um, re-energize yourself so that you can function. Yeah. I want to tell you a very short story. When I was a brand new acupuncturist down in Southern Maryland, I had this woman executive come in and she said after our uh, intake, I would need more energy. It's like, okay, I'm an acupuncturist. I can do energy. So I gave her a treatment and she came back the next week. Uh, and in retrospect, she came back to yell at me. She came in and she said, what did you do to me? And I'm all of 26 or 27 and pretty intimidated by this woman. And so my knees are shaking a little bit oh, no. and I'm th- thinking, uh, and say to her, well, uh, uh, I, I, I gave you, uh, tell me what happened. <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> laugh at the time. And she said, well, I came to you for more energy and I took a nap. I never take naps is what she said. So I tried to explain to her, well, you've probably been burning the candle at the both ends and you need to be able to rest deeply to recover and have the energy you want. And she wasn't interested in that. She wanted a stimulant. She wanted legal cocaine. So she could just keep pushing, 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 pushing. So that is out there. We have to change our perspective. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yes, we need oh to Oh my sit. gosh, what I wouldn't give for that opportunity to take a nap, you know? I mean, <laughs> we don't appreciate that stuff when we're in kindergarten. No, we we definitely have a, an anti-nap bias, that's for sure. There's also yeah. so another study yeah. that I came across within the past year is that if you do have a bad night's sleep, 220-minute kind of rest periods they don't even have to be a nap but two 20 minute rest periods where you just sit and be quiet and close your eyes can help you recover and undo the damage uh, specifically with the immune system to missing uh, a whole night's sleep so not that i recommend doing mm. two 20 minutes naps to replace it but if you do have a bad night there is just like you're saying with this child pose there are ways to recover and speaking exactly. of that... And if you don't want to lie down and take a nap, you can go to acupuncture or go to yoga. You know, there's sometimes I think you know, people you, pay me just to lie down on the table for 45 minutes. <laughs> and turn off their phones. I believe it. I love acupuncture. Yeah. So how did you get... What, what was the brainwave that said, you know what, I'm going to do online yoga courses? Oh gosh, that's my husband. So <laughs> my everything Tell I know good about job. technology yeah. is thanks to my husband. Nice. Um, so that's something that he has been talking about for a long time since I've met him. And you know, before I met him, I was more about being out in nature. And now, you know, I I can't leave without my phone or you know have my laptop nearby. Um, but he had encouraged me to um, do that, and it it actually, you know, I finally got to a place where I could wrap my head around how am I going to do this, and, you know, it's been fun. It, it's great in, in New England because if you can't leave the house, you still have that opportunity to practice with somebody that you know, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe you're used to practicing with in a studio, 
And, you know, I have friends and clients that have moved away that I can still be in contact with and practice with online as well. So it's a, as, as we go into this age of, oh, we're already there. Yes, we um, are there. You know, modern conveniences, um, we have to adapt to, you know, what it is that, that people, people need. So do um, you have like a gentle restorative class that say somebody who's just really sick with Lyme could, you know, go over to your website and sign up for? So what I have right now on my website um, for recorded is I have a 10-minute timeout, which is basically a guided relaxation. And people can download that to their computer or their phone and, and listen to it anytime they want. Um, for actual yoga classes, it's I don't have anything recorded yet. It's on my to-do list. Um, but what I do do occasionally is offer an impromptu class. I have a class every Tuesday in my studio. It's a yin class at 1230. And I also offer the opportunity for people to practice online live for that class on Tuesdays. And if somebody, if it didn't work for their schedule, they could contact me and say, you know, can I take an online class um, with you, whether it be something I'm already doing live in the studio or we schedule a private session. I also do yoga therapy sessions one-on-one with people. So what's that? That's something that we just schedule. So yoga, it's actually comprehensive yoga therapy and it's, it's based on yoga psychology. Uh, So we might, I I can give you an example. Okay. That'd be great. One case study might be a woman who comes to me and she's she's gained some weight and she's really not happy about it and she doesn't know what to do. Now, the, for your first thought might be, well, maybe we should talk nutrition with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what I might do is ask her questions. So it's really about creating self-reliance for our clients. So I might ask her questions to uncover, you know, what's going on? What's going on in your life? And she might say, well, I am in the middle of a divorce. Right. And I know how to eat well. Yes. But I'm just not. Mm-hmm. And I might ask her, well, what does your day look like? What are you doing? And she might say, well, I'm not really doing the things that I love to do because, you know, when I was married, there wasn't time for that. And now I'm rediscovering myself and food brings me pleasure. Yes. So I might say, well, what else brings you joy? <laughs> so she would, she would say, you know, I used to go kayaking all the time and I love to knit. And what would happen if you were to go out and do some of those things again? And so she's feeding her soul instead of her stomach. And so, so she comes back to me and, you know, her weight starts to regulate and her eating habits start to change because she's made some shifts in her life that are honoring herself. So that's, that's, a, that's a, a picture of what yoga therapy, a comprehensive yoga therapy might be. That's beautiful. But we use, we use yoga as a way to... Um, help someone to transform the stress in their life, whether that be poses or 
whether that be breathing exercises, meditations, and stuff that they can do at home that is agreed upon between myself and the client. So I'm not saying, oh, you need to go home and do this, Mm -hmm. because if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it's, it. It's not going to be helpful to them. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that's mutually agreed upon um, that's going to excite them and make, help them to want to make changes in their life. That's incredible. So it's amazing how we can, we can do, we can make one small change. Yeah. And there's a whole domino effect that can take a place, that See. can take place. You're an acupuncturist. <laughs> that's what? all acupuncture is is you're making one small change and just one of the tools to do that is you use an acupuncture needle but sometimes it's changing a little diet thing sometimes it's a little activity thing so you're brilliant yeah Aw, thank you so are you <laughs> i love i've been listening i've been watching your or listening to your episodes am i watching well i'm watching the screen while i listen to your episodes um, and I'm re- I shared it on my Facebook page, and people went crazy. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have some great information on there. there I, uh, thank you for, oh, for you're doing welcome. this. There's some really interesting I, people out there, and you're one of them. I Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> when I was going through um, my Lyme treatment and, you know, feeling at my worst, um, I felt so disconnected from the world and I, I didn't, I needed something to kind of make me feel connected. And there are so much, I think, self-pity and negativity out there, like, you know, within support groups and online forums that if I had had something like your show to listen to when I was going through that, mm-hmm. I think that my mindset would have been in a much better place. Well, thank you. That's... So it's nice that you have that to offer to people to um, give them hope. Yeah, there is. So thank you. You're, you're very, very welcome. You're very welcome. I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> it's been really, okay. it's been so lovely talking to you. You're absolutely wonderful. I'm having such a good time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So are you. Thank you for inviting me to your amazing podcast. Well, I'm I'm glad. You know, we've been... So just had our one-year anniversary. We just had our one-year anniversary. We did 50... um, We've done 50 shows up to this point. So I've missed a few in between. Wow. Um, And it's just... It's starting to get to the point where I'm starting to get a little more structure around the podcast itself. So in the beginning, it was just like, get the process so you can get the thing out every week. And we've kind of got to the point where we're pretty good at doing that. And so now we're looking more at promoting it and creating the mailing list around it and that sort of thing. And then at some point, figure out how to provide something that people want to pay money for. Um, and then, you know, and then we'll go for there, but it's, you know, it's been an incredible journey and part of, actually part of why I started this was selfish. I wanted to learn more about Lyme for myself and I figured what better way to talk to the experts and say, how about an interview for my podcast? And people have been incredibly generous with their time. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Incredibly generous. Yeah. Yeah. You've had some amazing guests. I, that at least the, the, from the podcast that I've listened to, um, so far, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have, do you have any little cards that promote your podcast, like any little business size cards? I'd have some little squares, some homemade ones that I've made up. Yeah. Oh, you should send me some and I'll keep them at my studio so I can give them to my clients to have lines. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting I idea. Will, I will help spread the word. Okay. Well, I should get some. If I'm going to do that, I'll get them printed properly. The ones I have, I just did on my laser, not laser, my inkjet at home. Yeah, I'm always passing stuff like that around. Yeah, that's a good idea. I should have a little packet that people can request to pass out. That's actually a really good idea. Thank you. You're a genius. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm doing an event where you, I could pass those out for you if you want. Um, a, a friend of mine puts on a 5K race called Lois's Race Against Lyme. Oh, perfect. the third one coming up on September 5th. And and so they're going to be passing out little goodie bags to everybody. And that will be a perfect thing to have in the goodie bag. Yeah. Okay. Now I got a deadline. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yes, you do. Okay, so here, ready for the close? Here's my close. So we never got to your website okay. address or any of that stuff. Uh, oh, that's right. Jessica, you've been incredibly generous with your time. I love talking with you. And for people who are driving in their cars, will you give them, and right, I'm not on my website, so they can just click on below. Will you give them your uh, website address or Facebook, whatever contact you have for them, so they can get hold of you and take a look at your yoga classes? Absolutely. My website address is jekkayoga.com and Jekka is J-E-C-A, so jekkayoga.com. And I am also on Facebook. Um, I have a Jekka Yoga Facebook page, a Jessica Labby Facebook page, and I have an organic, the organic housewife Facebook page where I post, um, you know, I have a, a fun interest in nutrition. So I have a page to share that information as well. And actually, I'm everywhere. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Google+. So um, definitely connect with me. And if you have any questions about yoga or Lyme or anything else, feel free to reach out. That's great. I'm having uh, social media envy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll be in touch. And, uh, yeah, if you can make it down... For the Yoga Fest, that'd be great. We're, we're trying to do our the second one up at Hamilton College in the winter right after the new year. Uh, and we'll, well, I'm negotiating. Well, I haven't. I need to start negotiating with them and see if we can pull this off a second time. Uh, so I'll let you know about that one, too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm not sure about the September one. I, I am doing some traveling in September and October. So yeah, if I can make it work, I will. But if not, I definitely want to know you know, as soon as possible about that winter one, because that would be fun. All right. That's, you just lit a fire. Thank you very much. Have a great day. All right. Thank you too, McKay. Thank you. All right, Jessica. Bye-bye. And that's the really cool thing about the type of yoga that Jessica concentrates on, the yin yoga, is it doesn't matter if you're running a marathon every month or if you've been stuck in bed for 11 months, you know, it really can help people on all levels because it deals with that gentle kind of quieter side of restoration. Yes, and really, 
in wrapping up this four-part series on exercise and healing from Lyme, kind of with Pilates and strengthening and detoxifying and using belly dance to kind of free up the emotional trauma part and moving your body and getting the soma loosened up so the trauma that's stored inside your body being locked up for so long can begin to release and you begin to move on emotionally and then also with the yoga and restorative and quieting your mind down and quieting your spirit down and also gaining some strength there it's so so very important so it doesn't matter again like aurora said if you can do a lot of yoga or pilates or belly dancing or just a tiny little bit set a small goal for yourself a five percent goal you know, do just a tiny little bit. Get your body moving. You need to get your lymph moving, your blood moving to help detoxify, help stimulate circulation through your brain. You can't heal if you're lying in bed. Yeah. One of my most uh, interesting studies that I came across years ago was during the 50s, they took Army recruits. They're 18-year-old young men. They put them on bed rest for a month, so made them stay in bed for a month. And by the end of the month, even these young, fit, healthy men had lost so much function, so much muscle mass. Moving is incredibly important. It doesn't have to be vigorous stair climbing or running a marathon. Even just getting up or doing something in your bed is critically important. All right. All right. That's your public service message for the day. Yeah. Move. Somehow move. And if you can't do a lot, set small goals for yourself. It's important to hit goals, to have those little wins. Yeah. Create a little game out of it. If it's just holding your arm up for 60 seconds, see if you can do that. And then challenge yourself in a day, see if you can do 61 seconds. Yep. Just small incremental improvements. When I was starting to run again, my goal was to sprint for 10 seconds and then I could rest. Yes, Aurora is not exactly an athlete. No, no, never have been. <laughs> no offense taken right there. No. No, she's much better singing and dancing. Yeah. All right, if you need more Lime Ninja in your life, uh, visit our website, limeninjaradio.com. There you can find all 58 past episodes. We archive all the episodes so you can go back and listen to them again and again. The best way to learn, the ninja way to learn, is by repetition. You'll hear something new and deepen your understanding each time you do listen. On the website, you can sign up for our Ninja Insider mailing list and pick up the Not Lime Ninja Brain Fog protocol as our thank you. Yep, that's the beginning of our business, so we'll be getting more emails out very soon. Aurora's going to be working on that. Mm -hmm. And Lime Ninja is also on iTunes. Stitcher. And Facebook. And last, this podcast would not be complete unless we left you with a Lime Ninja fact of the day. Did you hear about the ninja who went skydiving last week? His parachute failed to open, so he took it back the next day for a refund. Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.